Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Uh, my white peers walked on the site of work 
looking at what they needed to do to build a uh, career. I walked on the site uh, uh, not knowing that and was more concerned about uh, thankful for having a job. And looking through the glasses of having a job versus having a career is totally two different definitions. And again, I explained that uh, I was the first generation from uh, uh, passing the civil rights and working for the first time in a predominantly white uh, environment. I was unaware of a career, something that you could do for many, many years and retire. Uh, I was only accustomed to uh, getting those jobs or working in the fields or working in the sawmill, uh, doing manual labor, uh, and those things of discussing and how you prepare for a career were not a part of the conversation at the dinner table of my parents' home because they used and explained uh, I'm looking and constantly trying to find a job. And job was temporary. It was not something that uh, one could say that they had worked on 25, 30, uh, 40 years, received uh, retirement and pension and things of that nature. Uh, so it's very important that uh, we find a role model so we can get that information about how to go about uh, uh, developing uh, those things we need to do for a, a career. And one of the things that uh, at the entry level we have to be very cautious about is that not allow people to talk to your boss for you. Uh, you have to learn to... Uh, talk to your boss for yourself, and that's something that you will find uh, that's a part of the culture a lot of times in predominantly white working uh, forces that uh, people want to speak for you. Uh, as again, I said, uh, when you do get a chance uh, to meet and talk to other professional blacks, uh, you should tap in quickly to the network and be able to discuss with them how you can solve uh, problems. Uh, I found it to be very important to uh, speak up uh, to the other white peers in your group. Uh, when you see them uh, volunteering for a large uh, job, uh, large projects, uh, you need to do that also because you will learn that uh, uh, in my, all the jobs that I held at the end of the year, uh, you had to write up uh, your accomplishments, things that you had done. And most times those things that you were writing about was above your job description. There were other projects and other jobs. And if you uh, use the laid-back approach uh, to things, your peers' evaluation would be sharper. And uh, being a manager during uh, my career, I know that you have to rank the employees as far as bonuses and rank them of who will get raises. And uh, they use a system of the 
decide in who's best and final for promotions. So if you feel if I go to work every day and do exactly what's in my job description and never volunteer for big projects, uh, learn to do big projects that you're going to get promoted, uh, you are going to find yourself many years down the road uh, not getting that. And what I'm, what I'm saying is uh, do not be too trusting of the system. Uh, uh, make sure that you can understand uh, your evaluations and things that you're getting. And uh, the first year you're on the job, I would at least every three months, uh, if I could sit down with my supervisor or manager and see exactly uh, what's going on. In other words, I would uh, uh, request uh, regular meetings. And one of the things that I always uh, observed uh, that once uh, a lot of my black peers uh, figured out what was happening in the entry level, they became angry, and this led to other things which led to them being uh pushed out, uh, professionally asked to leave, and one has to be careful about uh, their anger on the workplace, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, I, as I've said before, I was not uh, prepared for the true reality uh, of the jobs that I received. Uh, I had no one as uh, to teach me what I should or should not do. Uh, and I want to make sure that, that the information I'm passing on, that you have to immediately find someone that can give you that information that you need. Because as I've said before, most of the job descriptions are written in a culture sense where if you can read between the lines, you can easily pick up from your white peers of what's going on, but if you are not a part of that network, uh, you will be left in the dark. Uh, I almost felt like uh, uh, in each one of the positions that I received that I was thrown uh, into the water, uh, either swim or drown. And you've got to be prepared for that. And that we have talked about uh, uh, being a part of a team, uh, building relationships so you make sure you don't be put in that uh, position. Uh, always check both sides of, uh, I call it checking both sides of the street uh, before you make your decision. Uh, if you make a decision to do something uh, that's very important, always ask yourself the question, uh, if the uh, decision I'm making was to go wrong, how much damage would it do to my career? And when I would ask myself that if I saw it was going to do uh, a great deal of damage to my career, I uh, I wouldn't step that way. And there's going to be some times where you are going to uh, have to use what I call uh, the boss power. And what I mean by that, uh, sometimes I would be working on projects with teams, and I know that there was a reluctance to... Uh, follow uh, my recommendations or my suggestions regardless of what my training and career was to get my point across I would say well 
I talked to the boss, and he feels very positive about us approaching the project from this uh, position. And automatically, when I, I would do that at times, uh, the team would be willing to accept my ideas because uh, they knew that the boss had accepted those ideas. But we, uh, again, I want to warn that uh, you have to be careful and not overuse or become dependent on the boss power because uh, if you use it too much, what you're basically going to be doing is underpinning uh, uh, your ability to step forward and grow and uh, get support and collaboration from the peers on your ideas. But there will be some times that uh, you're going to have to do that. And one of the golden rules that I always uh, state and I pass it on to those that uh, are working in uh, these groups is position yourself in a position that uh, you have to teach people how to treat you and how to respond to you. And you have to remember that every day that uh, you go into the workplace that you, if, if someone says something to you that's inappropriately in a professional manner, you have to teach them how uh, they should speak to you. Uh, that's important. That's very important. And that's something that uh, helped me to be successful is that if I had someone that didn't know how to talk to me or how to treat me or interact with me, I would focus on that it would be my responsibility uh, to teach them how to treat me because uh, it was almost like uh, the boss did not see a lot of the things that my peers were uh, attempting to do to me. It's like on the playground when the teacher's around, uh, everybody's an angel when the teacher uh, is gone, uh, not on the playground, and the bullies pop up and start to uh, trying to do things and make you feel uncomfortable. And that was the same thing that I found in the uh, workplace. Uh, one of the tactics that I use also is how to uh, get your uh, message to the boss uh, indirectly. Uh, there's always, uh, as I found in some groups, that there is someone is always feel that they have to be the one who's filling the uh, boss's ear about what's going on in the group, and uh, that person is naive enough to believe that other members in the group don't know that they are carrying information to the supervisor. So uh, sometimes I would drop messages that I knew that I wanted the boss to get and I knew the person who would carry it back without me saying to them, I really need you to sneak behind the group's back and tell the boss this is what we think. They would do it. Uh, this just was the nature of their uh, personality. I spent a lot of time uh, reading uh, my job description when I first uh, went on the job because I wanted to know exactly what it was that I was supposed to do. I wanted to see most jobs had a program letter for the year. I wanted to see what that was and make sure I had a clear uh, understanding of what my boss 
uh, wanted me to do. Now I want to spend uh, some time this morning talking about uh, some solutions. You know, after, you, you know, we've been on the job for a while, uh, we've read the job description, we've seen the program letter, uh, we've discussed the program letter. Uh, what I did that worked very well for me, I listed things that I would like to do because I knew the program letter is uh, most times is a fancy word for the objectives that, that have come down from my boss's boss or my boss's boss's boss of what needs to be done. And those people who align their work to the point that they can assist their boss in reaching his objectives were the people that was most likely to get the raises and the promotions and things of that nature. So it was, I would sit down and write down a list of things that I would like to do and come up with a plan of action of how I could uh, uh, get those things done. Uh, uh, and I also would sit down and I would write a list of things that I wanted to learn on my job that could insist uh, uh, me in uh, getting better at my work. There was uh, I had a one supervisor had a saying that the first year on a job you should learn what needs to be done, and the next four years you should constantly grow to become an expert on the job. And if you're on the job after five years and you're not an expert at what you're doing, you're wasting your time and the company's time also. So always practice. Uh, making sure that whatever job that I was on, uh, I had learned to do it well enough that I, it was very comfortable and the stress would become less and less each year because I would be constantly looking for ways and objectives uh, to make the job easier for me, uh, to plan for the job. And uh, as soon as I would get very comfortable, Nearly every three or four years, I was uh, moved to another position of taking over another task to have to start all over again. So I had to go back through the entry phase and those four levels of development that I talked about in the earlier part of the part. Uh, this list is important. Uh, it, it, it will help. When I'm talking, at least I'm talking about things that you need to learn, the things that you want to do. This will help you in uh, developing and becoming uh, very good in what you do. And this list you should also check with uh, uh, established friends that you have in the workplace. Uh, you should discuss this list with your uh, sponsor. Uh, and make sure that you're always moving in the uh, right direction. Now, one of the questions that I always ask myself when I'm uh, discussing and taking advice from anyone, I ask myself, are you qualified uh, uh, to tell me what I should and should not do? And some of the questions, not all of the questions, I would always and my subconscious asked myself when I was talking to a person, how long have you been in this job? I wanted to know that. If 
uh, you came in uh, 30 days ago uh, versus me listening to somebody who's been there for 30 years. I listen to that person who's been able to establish. I, I, another question that I ask myself is, uh, how many times have you been promoted? Uh, and if you've been there 30 years and you've never been promoted, uh, I heard what you said and I did not hear what you had to say. How many bonuses have you received? Uh, these things were very important to me because I learned very early in my career, especially in corporate America, the blind cannot lead the blind. You have to make sure to whoever you are listening to that they know what they're doing and they know where they're going. It's also important that uh, you build a system of understanding uh, the norms uh, working in a uh, predominantly white environment. And I'm, I'm talking about culture. And one of the things that uh, as uh, I get older, I've, I've learned and I look back over my work career, that white cultures are strongly identified in the norms in the workplace. I want to repeat that. White culture is strongly uh, uh, emphasized in in the workplace. So what I mean by that is that when you look at the way uh, teams approach work, approach uh, projects, they approach those things and they brainstorm those things from their culture background. So that means that let's say if you're in a group of five people working on a project to develop something, uh, when they begin to approach uh, uh, solving a problem or working with a problem, uh, they deal with it in the same manner that is dealt with uh, from their culture, their home, uh, things that they've been exposed to in their communities, in their colleges, and things of that nature. So when you set at that table and they began to play those cards, you have to remind yourself that you're dealing from a different deck. And uh, the question you say, well, James, what are you talking about? Well, you take, for example, if you're sitting at a table and you are working with a group of five and there's four whites, they bring with them the experiences of their parents who have uh, worked in management and been to college and passed on generation after generation and working in businesses and knowing the procedure of creating a good resume for future promotion and moving down their, uh, the path uh, to a successful career. Uh, myself, for example, when I sat down to the table, I brought a resume of uh, uh, grandparents working in the cotton fields, uh, mother uh, uh, working in homes and taking care of uh, white kids, and the father working like a slave in the sawmill and things of those nature. But uh, when we began to discuss projects uh, within the workplace there, never did the cotton field come up, never did taking care of babies come up, never did uh, uh, working in the sawmill come up. And that's the point I'm saying that if you sit down and become a part of that group and begin to uh, collaborate on ideas, and if you don't have anything in your 
uh, cultural background, you have to find a way to get that. Well, we talked about network, and the other thing that is essential is to read, and that is not only read what uh, uh, in the manuals of the company, but you must read and understand the culture of the people that you're working with so you can make the necessary adjustments uh, to become a part of that team. It's almost like, uh, i use the example of uh, you were a football player and you played for Chicago Bears and you had training manuals and books and learning the plays and things to play and be successful for the Chicago Bears. Well, you got traded to uh, Green Bay Packers. You can't take the same playbooks you had at the Bears and try to run those same type of plays with uh, Green Bay. It's going to create confusion. Uh, the team is not going to be able to connect with you, and you're not going to be able to connect with the team. And that's the point that I'm talking about of understanding the culture of the people that you're working with. I didn't say accept it. Uh, I said uh, understand it to the point that it will not uh, destroy you. And we must re realize that uh, I had to realize very early in the entry phase that uh, uh, my culture was different. And I had to deal with that. Uh, and, and even in some of the interactions in uh, the workplace, just giving you one small example, uh, my culture was uh, uh, very strict on uh, who you were to sit down and eat with lunch. And you've heard me talk about uh, again, being the first generation of the Civil Rights Bill, I used to sit and eat uh, in a field from picking cotton or whatever. And there our dinners were sitting and eating food of a different culture. And I had to uh, learn that, learn different foods and things of that nature to the point that I could fit in. I never did totally accept some of the foods that were given, but I didn't... Uh, act like a, uh, a person who was totally ignorant of what was being served. One of the other things I wanted you uh, to talk about is the biggest problem that I had uh, was my white managers. Uh, they were very uh, highly technical. They knew technical things, but they know, knew very little about uh, bringing two different cultures together and building a team for it to work. They did not have the skills to identify when there were uh, problems and concerns. And a lot of times I had to figure out for myself how to uh, be able to uh, be a part of the team and work uh, to be successful within a team. We, are, we must uh, understand that, uh, I had to understand uh, quickly that in my entry level uh, that uh, I had to uh, pay very close attention to how information was shared uh, because uh, I was naive enough to believe in the first couple of jobs that I had that you went to the meeting to get information that you needed to carry things out. But I found out very quickly that meetings were held 
before you got to the meetings, and most decisions had already been made before we sat down at the table. And that's where we come back to explain that this network and that uh, my white peers had already gotten their heads together of how they wanted to approach an issue. And when I was set down to the table and not being a part of that network, I would be the oddball. Uh, so I learned quickly that you had to begin to discuss issues and concerns uh, in the network. And even the boss would sometimes, even before he would go to the meeting, use certain members within that network to uh, get a feel for what their concern was of their approach in dealing with problems. So I learned quickly that it was very important to uh, know what was going to take place in that meeting and how I would approach getting my points across uh, in that meeting and not knowing what was going to take place in that meeting. Again, I want to say what placed me behind the eight ball. And this is when the uh, first, this is when the first form of neo-racism would pop up. And basically neo-racism is uh, finding ways to undermine everything you had to say that uh, it's a slick way of, of trying to make you look bad in front of the boss and things of this nature. These 30 minutes are really going by quickly. And I'm hoping next week to uh, talk to you more about how neo-racism works out and how you can go about uh, protecting yourself against neo-racism because it's there, and if you're not careful, it will destroy your career. I will also give you some examples of how I went about successfully uh, putting uh, neo-racism back into, I call it pushing uh, it back into a box where it would not... Uh, destroy my career. So until next week, uh, we will talk again about the entry level, and I hope to maybe a couple more sessions, then I will move into the adjustment phase. If you have any questions, please call in and ask me, and I'll be glad to discuss it with you. Uh, have a great day. Thank you, and God bless you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.